GOB 96 Tales of the Unexpected Outside a summer gale is rocking every bush in my tiny garden. This seems to be an inevitable consequence of sweeping the patio and clearing all the dropped leaves from my pots. But despite the weather, it's a red-letter day as we've had a new garden tick after just 18 years. Our garden could fit into a couple of decent-sized rooms, but we've packed it with pots and crammed it with every bird and bee-attracting plant that we can. This includes a cherry tree planted purely for their benefit. Our crop rarely gets fully ripe before it's swiped by avian interlopers. Oddly, our ringneck parakeets stick to the seed feeders and the apples that we supply, leaving the cherries alone. Usually, half a dozen different blackbirds pop in and polish off the cherries but our red-letter visitor the last couple of days are a pair of missile thrushes. I've seen an odd one over the years on a neighbour's roof, but nothing has tempted them into our little patch before. It's been a joy to watch them fly off, clutching a half-ripe cherry in their beaks, presumably to the local park where we see half a dozen in the winter. I assume that they can manage to take the flesh and leave the stone. I certainly hope so, as they're surely destined for their brood. Most of the fruit we produce is eaten during late autumn or winter. Pyracanthus is so laden one day that the bush threatens to tip over or the branches break. The next it's under siege, and a few days later completely stripped bare by the blackbirds and, if we're in luck, winter thrushes. Gatoniaster, ivy, elder and honeysuckle all become fast food diners and the grapevine and blackcurrants disappear as if by magic. We put out currants and sultanas which get eaten by a variety of birds, even overwintering blackcaps, so this year we've upped our game with a gooseberry, raspberry and blackberry bush squeezed into the few gaps in pots or soil, in the hope that we can feed more birds and attract a few new summer species maybe. Maybe ones that unobserved devour the wild strawberries that self-sow in half our planters. It's one thing keeping the feeders topped up, it's another to make sure we're growing natural food for them. But even more important is attracting the insects that pollinate and those that are also part of the food chain. It's amazing how much pleasure one can derive from just watching mason bees and leafcutter bees sealing the cells in our bee houses. Butterflies and beetles, moths and damselflies may be harder to ID on the wing than birds, but they do lift the spirits in summer when their flight sights and sounds fill the gap left by busy bird parenting. But planting borage or lavender is not enough. We need to ban all chemicals from the garden, pond and patio and bring back heart with blood and bone and good old-fashioned manure. Think how big the nature reserve could be if all the gardens were free of the chemical kosh that too much agriculture uses. Moreover, we need to lean on our local municipality from stop our park keepers from being polluters. The more that mad municipalities and overzealous park keepers strip undergrowth and mangle hedgerows and grass verges, the more we have to do to bring the hedgerows and verges into our gardens. I let the plants spread in bird droppings and take hold where they can, and they spring up in several pots in hidden corners which now sport elderberry bushes. I'm hoping hawthorn or blackthorn gets brought in in a similar fashion. I bought a blackberry bush the other day at the supermarket. It's thornless, which is a bonus, but I'm sure that the blackbirds and blackcaps won't mind, and you never know, they might even lead us a few berries.